Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, that is my guest tonight, Chris Eriks. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I want everybody to go ahead and give me a thumbs up that they can hear me, a 5-5. Five five. Uh, I just switched over to my new audio board. I'm getting everything figured out. So if you guys can hear me, please let me know. I want to know that I want to know that you can hear me. I want to know. I want to know you can hear me. You know? All right. Unfortunately, we can hear you sing. Yes. <laughs> all right. They, they're all saying, yes, they can hear me. All right. And, and you know what I say to that? Oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. A what? Oh, I was going to say, you want to know what I say to that? And uh, I didn't have everything. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm new here. I'm new. <laughs> oh, hold on. This is what I wanted to say. Michael Obama, and I approve this message. I'm big Mike Obama, and I approve this message. All right, cool. It sounds like we are rocking and rolling right now. Uh, I hope everybody can hear me. Uh, someone said 5-4, five, so 5-5, five, 5-4. Five, five, okay, cool. Uh, but we got Chris Eric's Trump baby, on with us tonight. FlexToTruth.com, as well as ReckoningFest.com. Someone on Facebook said they can't hear me. Um, turn, turn your volume up. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> let me check Facebook out. If that's the case, let me check Facebook out. If Facebook can't hear me, I don't know. What are we going to do here? Oh, jeez. Let me check it out real quick. Uh, Mike seems a little... Well, I could always turn the mic up. That's easy. That's not a problem here. Um, let me see here. I want to go into Facebook. Out real quick. Uh, Mike seems a little... Well, I could always turn the mic up. Let me see here. I want to go into Yeah, the Facebook. mic is a little low. Cool. The mic was a little low. I apologize for that. I think uh, that volume should be adjusted now. Um, I actually, you know, I had the gain down. And the reason I had the gain down is because I was getting massive feedback. But let's just turn that bad boy up. There we go. All right. Cool. All right. We're professional now. All right. There we go. Chris, what's up, man? I'm sorry for all that interlude. I just, uh, you know, new audio. Had to get everything working well. But what's I up? Love How you doing? I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, you know what it's a, if it's too loud, you're too old, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So one of the reasons I have Chris on tonight is he is the host who has been working diligently to put together the Reckoning Fest. If you guys don't know what the Reckoning Fest is, in Mesquite, Texas, August 27th and the 28th, uh, there is going to be a big Patriot bash, live music, uh, guest speakers, uh, food, things for the kids to do, everything and above. And this is the man right here who put it all together. Chris, tell us a little bit about the Reckoning Fest, man. What's up, man? How's camping? I know you uh, got some solid, some R&R and peace and quiet, right? Camping this week. Um, thank you for having me. Humble to be on here. We always have a good time. You and I, even when we're talking, and, you know, thank you so much. You know, Josh actually put the ReckoningFest.com uh, website together while I was doing my website. So that, thank you so much, man. That was, that was such a help how we put everything, all the pictures and everything together. That was awesome, man. And then we joined everything, um, to make it really like have synchronicity. So thank you so much, Josh. And 
And honestly, he's been the guy who's been bouncing everything off of. You know, like, what about this figure? How about this? What do we do this? What do we, you know, just so I, you know, can get out of my head sometimes, right? And, you know, this isn't my event, you know. Um, I've had a lot of people coming after me. <laughs> me and Josh has had this conversation. And, and, you know, and I look at Clay, you know, and, and you know, he's the first one to start all this. And I saw everybody come after him. And I get it. I see what happens, right? Um, when you're about to do something, you're supposed to do God's work, right? This is God's work. This was supposed to start in Oregon. It didn't happen. I wanted it to happen in Oregon, um, but it didn't happen. And I'm not going to go into why. Um, that's for another show. And I'm trying to rectify that as we speak. And maybe one day I will have it back in Oregon. But my buddy, Jeff Creer, who's going to be the MC, who's phenomenal, said, hey, Chris, do you think about having it in great state of Texas? And I was like, you know what? If it's meant to be, God will make it happen. Son of a gun. I called two event centers and got, you know, the big one in Mesquite and uh, went there. And I could, when I walked in, I could envision it. I could see it. I could see the speakers. I could see who I wanted up there. And, you know, um, when you're when you're there and you can see it and you can envision it and you hold it in your your head and you're going to be able to hold it in your hand. My mentor told me that a real long time ago. If you can hold it in your head, you'll be able to hold it in your hand. And um, so I just started getting people together. And um, you know, I gotta say, there's not one person who's on phone today with you know conservative man. Him and I had a great conversation. There's not one person in this event that has not been over backwards mm -hmm. to make this event happen. I mean, literally, there, every single solitary person from the event center to the AV guy, every single solitary person has been literally over backwards really to make this happen because, and that's not my doing, that's God's doing. I give him all praise and glory. Um, and he's going to sell the ticket. You know, we're going to go out, we're going to spread the word, but he's going to, he's going to give up, you know, get the people in his seats. It was funny. I said to them, I told you this the other night, when I looked at the seats, I sat on them, you know, because I wanted to make sure, like, people are going to be in the seats for a couple hours, right? You want to make sure they're comfortable. So I sat in them and I was like, you say it's come with seatbelts or a harness? <laughs> the guy's face was just precious. He was like, what? And I was like, oh, you don't know what's going to happen under this roof when we get these group of people together, you know? And um, so, I, you know, talking to everybody, everybody's excited. You know, um, I had Billy Falcon. I taped him for my podcast today. What an unbelievable interview. I'm getting to meet people more intimately, uh, interviewing them on the podcast. So they have 107 and Nino tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, together with me, so that's going to be fun. And then me and Nino on Thursday. Um, and I, I love how everybody's just out spreading the word. We got people flying in. Uh, we got people flying from South California. We got people flying from Oregon. We got people flying from Florida. Uh, we even have media people, media people that want to come to the event and and broadcast it live and interview the speakers. Um, we're going to do a media room. Mm -hmm. no, that was my suggestion. Yeah, you and I talked about that. You know what I mean? And 
I, I wanted to do it, but I just didn't know if I was going to have time, you know? Um, and so I was like, well, if I find time and I get everything else done and thank goodness I got everything done. Um, and now that's what I'm doing now. We're doing media, uh, we're doing a media room and we're looking for vendors and we're looking for spots. Those right now are the three things that we're looking for. So if you know anybody that wants to donate to a, a great cause or to sponsor, um, you get tickets, you get a swag bag. Of course you get a swag bag. It's baby Trump. You got to get the swag bag, right? Um, you, you get advertisement. It's going to be streamed. But I'm here to announce a very big announcement. Oh, very cool. Um, you know, again, when I say people have bent over backwards to make this happen, once again, a good friend of mine, Liz, has signed on to do this event. Um, and she's going to be producing the event and uh, from stage. You don't know her from Steel Truth. Mm -hmm. uh, great, great, great woman. Um, she owned part of the company, obviously, producer, director, has her own company now. And we've been talking. And you know, I was just up front with her today and was like, look, I, I, I don't know what something like this costs. She's like, what's your budget? I'm like, I'd be lying if I told you, you know? And we worked through it and said what it needed because – when you have AMP streaming and, you know, 107 wants to stream and America's Voice, I'm talking to the vice president tomorrow about streaming. Brighty on CloudHub. I, I mean, I know you need an RTMP, right? Right. But that's as far as I know, right? So um, she's going to do all that for me. Um, all the, um, what do you call it, PowerPoints and anything to do with, you know, video, any intros, you know, she is really going to make it, you know, from chicken poop to like chicken pate, you know, right. um, and that's her specialty. That's what she does. So I'm very, very excited um, to have her. And to me, that was like the cherry on top. Right. Absolutely. Um, She's Liz. awesome. I, I mean, I know Liz, I know Ann. Um, and I know Liz is kind of uh, out there on her own now, and she's rocking it. So that's really cool. She's going to be helping with this event. So, Chris, I, I got the website pulled up. We got our keynote speaker, Mike Lindell, who's going to be there. Uh, hey. Special appearance, uh, pre-recorded appearance by Mike Adams. He doesn't get out too much, so it's a blessing to have him do doing that. Our featured speaker that we're going to be having is Wano Savin, which is going to be really, really cool. There's going to be live music by Billy Falcon. There's going to be the Great Awakening musical, I believe, for at the VIP lunch for VIPers. Yeah. We have uh, D, uh, David Nino Rodriguez, who we were talking to. We finally got on board. Brandon Straka, Pastor Greg Locke, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovitz, conservative aunt, Mel Kay, Dr. Brian Artist, Gene Ho, Keenan Williams, Jeff Brain, the CEO of CloudHub, uh, attorney Thomas Rent, myself will be there speaking, uh, Dave Summerall, we have Christy Hutcherson, John Michael Chambers, the founder of AMP, and Dr. Mark Sherwood, everybody's favorite doctor here. And we have a few others, too, that haven't uh, been updated yet, but can you tell us uh, the, what the others yeah. are? So, you know, again, people bending over backwards, you know, Calling little old me saying, Hey, I want to be part of this event. One guy, Trent Sevens, um, you know, great guy, January 6th guy, he's a prisoner. Yeah. And, um, you know, he uh, was in Bloody Hill and I watched it with him and Dave Summerall and Juan Osaman. I was just blown away by it. And so I had a conversation with him where he was really going to help me with vendors and stuff. And I was like, Why don't you just talk? You know? So put him on there. 
And then I just was like, I talked to you. I was like, I need a, I need a strong woman. Remember that? I called yeah. you. I was like, I need a really strong woman. And I couldn't um, do it because I identify as a male. <laughs> Me as a metro, right? <laughs> and uh, Lee Dundas, you know, was, you know, a very good friend of mine, still is. But it's her daughter's, you know, birthday that weekend. So um, it was Christy Hutcherson. And I was like, there's no way Christy would do my event. Like every time I see her, I'm like, hi, give her a hug. She's on her way, you know, and um, called her and boom, like that, you know, in. Uh, had her yesterday in a great interview. Um, and then Robin Jamie, mm-hmm. you know, I met Robin Jamie a couple of months ago. It was on my heart. They live here in Texas. I took him out to lunch. Uh, took him out to lunch. Got the, in, you know, got to introduce myself and talk to them. They had just started literally on the Clay Clark tour and uh, gave them my shirts and said, hey, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, let me know. And when this event went down, I was like, you know what? I wonder if they would help me out. I wonder if they could do something. And so, you know, talk to them and you know, lo and behold, I think tomorrow the billboard's going up in mm-hmm. Lake Dallas on Route 35. Um, and, you know, I had somebody ask me, say, Chris, you know, your picture isn't on. Because I said it to a couple of people, and I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because this is not about me. This is about what the people want. Right. This is a people's event. This is the what people have been wanting to hear from, you know? This is, you know, like a DJ doesn't play the music they like. They play what the crowd likes, right? And what the crowd wants to hear. And so I feel in my heart that the people that I have uh, gotten together, man, we are a motley crew. <laughs> we come from all walks of life. I think that way, um, you know, I love what Thomas Wren said. He said, Chris, I love that you've included everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at that, you can't say, man, he's not going to talk about a quarter. He's not going to talk about track. He's not going to talk. We're going to talk about everything. There isn't a topic that will not be off the table because it's uncensored. I've had people say, can I wear a mask? Absolutely. Wear whatever mask you want. You want to wear a Halloween mask, werewolf mask, whatever you want to wear. Just come. Come as you are. Well, Chris, you know, I didn't vote for Trump. Can I come? Absolutely. Well, Chris, I'm not a Christian. Can I absolutely, I want to include everybody in this. That's awesome. I want the people that have never been to an event like this. I can't wait when I go, who's a first timer for an event like this? You know what I mean? And so that's what I want um, is people that have never gone to an event before. Um, But I'm shocked how far it's gotten uh, the word out. You know, I just had an email today. Hey, Chris, you want to hear more about, you know, the event right through my um, my website, you know, from Google. So people are really starting to get the word out, which is great. Um, I want to have a sellout um, because I feel that the energy in that event is just going to be second to none. Right. I, I agree. And I think it's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, I will be speaking there. So for everybody wondering, yes, I will be there 
Um, you guys, if you're out in Texas and you have not met me, you can come on down, say hi, as well as tons of other people uh, to get to meet. Um, we're going to have a blast. It's going to be two days of fun, and it's right before things begin to take off this fall. And that's where these types of events are, are really hinged around uniting people and collaboration. And that's one thing that we need to keep in mind here is that we, we have these events because number one is they're, they're fun and they get people together. But number two is the information needs to get out there. And number three is they act as a point of collaboration for people to meet new people, to understand new perspectives and maybe help themselves with everything that is coming about in the coming weeks, months and years with this unfolding global conspiracy. Uh, you know, Chris, I mean, I, I, I've been right beside you putting all this hard work in there, watching you do all this. And so I'm glad it's finally come to fruition. I'm finally glad that Reckoning Fest is happening. Um, we are obviously in Oregon and then it had a move. Now it's in Texas. I think Texas is way better for this anyway. Texas is, uh, you know, August in Texas, late August in Texas. That's going to be a fun time. Hot time, but it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, it'll, it'll be hot, but like, so what you said, we're going to do a meet and greet, you know, right after the event. I think that's when people are most excited. That's when they want to, you know, meet the speakers. That's when they have all the questions, right? Mm -hmm. To me, I think that's when they're the most, like they're at peak, right? And usually they just leave, right? They usually just get up and leave the event. And I was like, why don't we do a meet and greet right there? And so, you know, each, uh, most of the speakers have their own table um, with their books and merchandise and everything like that. So we'll just go right around because the tables are right inside of the event uh, with the vendors, which is nice. And we'll do a meet and greet. And like you said, the musical, I mean, that's very special. It's the first time this is happening. We're doing a musical with a VIP brunch on Sunday. Um, 11.30 is the VIP brunch, and then right after that follows with a, a musical. Both events are being filmed to be part of a movie, um, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, and I'm going to have producer credits on that. Um, and like I said, everybody has just bent over backwards, you know, to really make this event happen. Because if not, this event would have never taken off. It, it truly takes everybody and and to bed and to be flexible right um and to be like hey man let's just let's have this event no matter what happens because you're you're gonna have the dark after you mm -hmm. what's going on my life but you're, you're gonna have the dark come after you you're gonna have you know um demons attack you right because we're doing something special and it's not even that we're doing something special but I mean, we're opening with past a lot. I mean, 10 a.m., you better be in your seat. You know what I mean? Because at 10 a.m., we're about to take off. Right. And, you know, usually Pastor Locke is, is saved, you know, because he's so passionate. He has so much fire. The message that he drives home. So, you know, I, I love what Gene Ho said. You know, I love him to death. He said, Chris. Whatever you do, don't put me behind somebody big. And don't put me <laughs> after a lunch break. I'm like, uh, you're already big, you know? And yeah. I just love the humbleness of everybody. You know, it's, um, I said, we collectively 
put all of our egos together, we probably wouldn't even have enough for one ego. Um, and I really think that's what's going to make this event special. Dude, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's in uh, 26 days from now. Uh, so if you have not gotten your ticket yet, guys, head on over to reckoningfest.com. I'm going to bring the website up again. It is in the chat so you guys can see it there. I'm going to bring this website back up here. This is the website you're looking for, reckoningfest.com. You should go in there, throw your email address in, dot com, And you can get tickets right by hitting that button right there or scrolling down to the bottom and hitting that button right there. And it'll take you to the ticket page. You can check out there. You can buy some merch directly on that page. You can buy the VIP packages. Um, but either way, you're helping to support a lot of great patriots and all the work that they're doing. Um, you get to meet them. You get to hang out with them. You get to listen to what they have to say for a while. So, Chris, I appreciate your time tonight, my friend. Thank you so much for joining with us tonight. Um, we're going to have you back on and get an update with some other stuff here very, very shortly. We got a lot of things happening in the world. Guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just one minute uh, with uh, more of the news and the events of the day. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. There After we go. these messages <laughs> will be right that was great. Back. The financial system right. is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of right, America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions, and we have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. All right, we are back with the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. What is up, people? I've been uh, been at the camping trip, so got a little... Uh, yeah, this is like five days' worth of growth. That's that's me. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, we had a great time in the t- camping trips. Went to Zapata Falls. Um, I was the only one that bared the coldness and walked all the way in, um, but it was really cool. It was beautiful. And then we saw the sand dunes, the great sand dunes of Colorado, which... Apparently, these sand dunes, which are about the half the size of the mountain, um, were um, runoff from water coming down the mountain. No. <laughs> no way. You know, one of our friends that was there said, uh, I wonder if we're looking at the remnants of a 300,000-year-old mining operation for gold. And we were all like looking at him going, I, I think we're looking at the remnants of a 300,000-year-old mining operation for gold. I mean, it wasn't your, your, your typical silicon dioxide sand. It was basically ground-up rock. Like, it had been machine-pressed rock. And so there, there's some questionability there. It definitely doesn't make any sense at all that these mounds of sand that are as big as mountains came from water runoff. Oh, the water just, you know, eroded over the years and carried all the sand down and formed massive mountains. And now the water's no longer. No, didn't happen that way. Um, You know, I just love how science tries to explain things sometimes, though. 
Well, let's give some updates here. All right, so Vince and Morning Coffee uh, are on hold right now. Vince is moving this week. So he's getting into his new place. He's got to get all set up. So we're just waiting for him to get back. And then Morning Coffee will be back uh, once again. If you're looking for something to do during your morning coffee, we got the Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight Show, you can find at WYSL1040.com. That's the website. And you can listen live um, at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, noon Eastern Standard Time, Dally, if you don't want, if you can't jump in on the uh, um, uh, the replay that we do. But uh, yeah, so you can listen to the Dark Delight Show if you need something to do instead of morning coffee uh, for the next few days until Vince and Andrea come back. Uh, this Friday, this Friday on Conversations on the Fringe, we have Brad Olson returning. Oh, I love Brad Olson. I was talking to him today. But yeah. Brad Olson is coming back in Conversation on the Fringe. That's going to be a great show. Please put that on your calendars. Tomorrow night, we have the After Dark Chat. That is Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, what else do we have going on? We have the Battle of the Streams going on. It looks like everybody's already started. Um, I saw some coming in. Did I see any from Pilled? Nothing from Pilled yet. But I did see uh, Left Maryland. We have Gump. One dollar, not this guy Josh again, I know, right? Oh, man, this Josh guy. Two little kitties, $10, Dropbox tailgates at Dropboxes for midterms. I love that idea. Let's go out there and get some tailgating parties going on at these Dropboxes. <laughs> Smart. Um, please say how to find Dark Delight. Again, I will give you the web link here in one second. Left Maryland, $2, Josh, yay. Absolutely, uh, WYSL, 1040 AM. And so for those wanting to listen to the Dark Delight Show, if you look in your chats, there is the link right there. It's being published. This is the radio station that uh, my show is on. And so you can find it there um, Monday through Friday, uh, Monday through Friday at 10 AM Mountain, noon Eastern. So we have the Battle of the Streams. That's the way you guys can help support everything that we do here at the Red Pill Project, uh, as well as alternative media. You guys help us keep us alive. We are we are user funded, so you guys you guys keep this all alive, right? So much appreciated to everybody that's helping support that on uh, D Live, Pilled, and Rumble, um, as well as if you guys want to help us out in any way, shape, or form. The easiest ways to do that are utilizing. These web links that I'm putting in here. And there's two of them. Vince usually does this and you don't hear the typing, so sorry. All right, and there's the two links. You guys can donate to us there to help support us and keep us alive. And much appreciated to everybody that, that helps us out there. Castle Drummer gifted a can. Thank you so much, Castle Drummer. You guys are awesome. And we just released the Kraken on Pilled. Uh, what else do we have for updates? Um, just a fun time. I actually it was actually like a real vacation. I actually had time to relax and rest and just sit back. It was uh, there was just a few of us there. My kids ended up leaving after a day. Um, they my daughter was getting sick and just wasn't feeling well because of the altitude, so she went home. But we had uh, Patriot Pisces there. We had Brett and then Nate Nathaniel's Barber Shop and his two dogs. Uh, and, and it was awesome. We had a great time. We had a blast. Jim Price and, uh, Leanne showed up. You guys remember Leanne was a guest on the show. Uh, they showed up for a little while, but, uh, 
all in all, good time, even though we had massive rain. We had like a tsunami come through Saturday night, but then it cleared up. And we got to see the skies on like, what was it, Thursday night? We kind of did like the CE5 type of event where we, uh, we watched a whole bunch of objects. We saw about 28 different objects in the sky. It was pretty cool. Couldn't get any video or anything, but it was cool nonetheless. All right, so this episode is called So It Begins. And I know I've had a few others that kind of aligned with that, but I want to bring everybody to where we are now. November 2020, I started talking about a global firestorm event. If you watch Die Hard 4, Die Hard, Die Harder, they talked about a firestorm. How do you take down a country? How do you take down a city? How do you take down a state? Right? And you issue this type of firestorm event. And this is various different attacks on everything that make up that uh, that entity this starts with social and cultural destabilization um this can be through the increase of crime uh, the hijacking of the political system changing the laws the corruption of the judges um, of the police force the reduction in the police force the reduction in the police budget the releasing of prisoners out of jail and then it's also the control of media psychological warfare which allows the perpetuation of propaganda out there which basically separates and divides a populace and produces this destabilizing social and cultural um, foundation which a country has been built on I've always said from the beginning that the reason we have um, you know, reason the United States was the best country in the world for the longest time, because we had a government who cared for the people. We had a government that cared for the people because we had states that cared for the people. And the reason the states cared for the people is because we had cities that cared for the people and towns that cared for the people. And the reason we had that is because that was built up of a community that cared for each other. The reason we had a community that cared for each other is because we had a household who had instilled the moral and ethical values within that household that now we're present within the community, the city, the state, and the country. And this social and cultural destabilization has really been fired at America in this way. Um, we've seen many people come forth talking about the communists and the socialist agenda, how that's what they do. They infiltrate our education, our political, our economic, our social, our cultural. And they, they corrupt, they coerce, and... What happens is they produce this social and cultural destabilization. This is also one of the factors of what's known as a color revolution. All right. So we're seeing that right now. And, and there's no if, ands, or buts about that. that. That's happening right now. And it's interesting that we're not seeing more politicians coming out saying that this isn't just, you know, absurd and crazy, which many of them are. But saying that this is an attack on America through the foundations, the philanthropies, the nonprofits, the NGOs that are funding them. If we look behind that funding, the money that's flowing in to all these, these cultural organizations that are producing massive propaganda campaigns that are being perpetuated and targeted towards people on social media. If we found that money, that's who's attacking America right now because they're the same people behind the climate agenda, the same people behind the perpetuation of the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the same ones that own stocks in all the major pharmaceutical companies. Okay, and, and so many years ago, I looked at this and I said, whoa, we got a problem here. This is what's going to happen. And the first part was social and cultural destabilization. Then we had political destabilization. We're seeing the political destabilization right now present in our country. We've had two coups, two coups, 2018 and 2020. 
You don't know 2018? The midterm elections were stolen in 2018. There's no way the liberal Democrats won that many seats. No, they stole them. And we know this. The thing is, is in Georgia, you remember the contested election in Georgia where Stacey Abrams lost and Kemp won? The reason Kemp won is because there's a good old boys club in that state and they steal elections there for Republicans as well. And we're seeing this now all over the place. And so now we have political destabilization. We no longer have a constitutional republic in this country. It's gone. It, it, it no longer exists. Okay? We have something along the lines of a totalitarian oligarchy. All right? Maybe a, a fascist oligarchy. I don't know. It, it's, it, it's a combination. Um, you know, crony capitalism rules here. So we have political destabilization. And then the other aspects of this firestorm event, attacks on supply chain and infrastructure. I think we're up to 128 different food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that have burned, been burned, or been attacked in some way, shape, or form, which I would say, being someone who worked in cybersecurity for 16 years, are cybersecurity attacks that are cyber attacks that are happening on these places. As well as we've had over 22 different oil refineries, pipelines, and distribution centers, as well, boom, blow up. Then you add in the disruptions within the supply chain, the food supply globally, and we have a massive crisis on our hand that is only going to escalate in the coming weeks, months, and years. And the supply chain crisis is going to get way worse in the winter. I'm telling you, right now we're in a surplus of all that stuff, the goods and services that came off of those boats, the imports that flooded the shelves, and now that's all running out. And things are getting smaller, the space on the shelves is getting wider. And things are getting more expensive because we have inflation. Well, that comes up to the global financial collapse. And if you think the market rebounding 800 points or 70 points here is, oh, no, Josh, oh, my 401k is safe or my pension safe or my IRAs are doing good. You got another thing coming. Remember what I told, told you? Teeter-totter to totalitarianism. Okay? The market's going to go, it's going to continue to do that. And you're going to see this market crumble. And inflation is going to continue to go higher. Interest rates are going to continue to go higher. Right now, the way the market is operating is completely asinine. It, 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 it makes no sense whatsoever. And that tells you that it's because of market manipulation that the market is acting that way. That someone is propping up the market. This way, because they want to give the illusion or perception that financially things are good. And right after the midterm elections are stolen, that's when everything's going to go. <whistles> Why? How do I know this? ISO 2022 coming out November 22nd on the, uh, the anniversary of the assassination of JFK. We have the adoption of the U.S. digital currency on January 2023. In between that time, you have to have a global financial collapse. You have to have some type of black swan event, which is unplanned, right? Okay. Okay. So now we have global financial collapse. What else do we have? This is where it gets interesting. And this is where we're seeing it right now. Resurgence of a virus or a new virus pandemic, lockdown restrictions, martial law, Masks, all these things. Hello? Monkeypox and COVID variants. It's happening right now. Okay? And guess what? We're coming in the flu season. It's going to get a lot worse. We're coming into COVID vaccine death season. 
It's going to be called anything but the vaccine is causing death. Okay? And they're going to blame it on monkeypox. They're going to blame it on COVID variants. They're going to blame it on the flu. Oh, the flu is very virulent this year. It's coming back because it disappeared last year. Almost only 72 cases in the United States last year. It's coming back with force. It's going to be a dark winter. And the last part of this is World War III. And we have China warning last week that they will shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane if she goes to Taiwan. Now, I don't care what you think of the United States or China. Here's the thing. is They announced today that Pelosi is definitely going to Taiwan. She has to. If the United States stood down right now with Pelosi not going there, basically we transition from the number one global superpower to the number two. And China takes over, and China has it in the bag. They, they now, their blind threats rule and dominate the minds of American people because what they say, they'll do. So Nancy Pelosi is going to fly into Taiwan. I don't think she's gone there yet. We have uh, an amphibious uh, um, landing force group in there. We have a carrier strike force group in the Taiwan Straits. Um, 10.35 p.m. tonight. That's it. All right. So we have carrier strike forces there. Two of them, I believe. We're going to look at. We got some news here that go over. We're going to go over all the news here in a minute, guys. I just want to get all of this out and help explain because we have a lot of new people. Uh, We gained uh, 1,500 subscribers on Podbean in less than five days. So Podbean, we just went over 50,000. We're almost at 51,000. Two million downloads, over two million downloads, over 50,000 subscribers. Thank you so much, Podbean. You guys are rocking it. Uh, But I I know we got a lot of listeners. So I want to get a lot of this out there and tell people where my research has really led us and why we're a crazy popular podcast because we speak the truth and we lay it out for people. We're not sitting here telling you that, hey, guys, don't worry. Patriots are in control and Trump and Q and everybody are going to go out there and save the fucking day. That happens, great. If the military has a plan to stop the coup and to stop the progression of communism in America, great. If, if, if there's white hats out there working for our benefit that are trying to stop this, then great, I support them, and, and let's do this. But when you look at an unfolding scenario, you have to go, what if? What if they're not? What if, what if they lost? Then it goes down to the true understanding of what this was all about. You and me, we save this world. We save this country. We preserve freedom. The power has always been with the people. If you look at the Bible, you look at almost every character in the Bible. They are simply people that God chose to carry his message or to perform an action. People, you and me, we are the ones that save the day. United, we can do anything. That's the beautiful thing here. That's the thing to remember and understand. This isn't doom and gloom. This is the understanding that we have to come together and unite. We have to, we have to rise up, speak up, and stand up. That's the only way that we save this country. All right, so now we have World War III breaking. Now, will China do anything? I don't think China's going to be that stupid to go into Taiwan and shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane. I just, I don't see it. Um, Is there potential that they launch some fighter jets to shadow American warplanes in the sky behind Pelosi? Yep. 
That is China's MO, and I can tell you this from firsthand experience in 10 years in the United States Navy, that that's exactly what China does, is they will tag along behind or they'll make some type of incursion. Um, They'll do something. They'll tempt it. But I don't think that they're going to go in there just yet. Um, I do believe, though, that China will make a move on Taiwan here very, very shortly. If you remember the leaked audio, we know before November they're probably going to do something. All right. With all that said, let's just jump into this. And we're talking about China. China warns its military will not sit idle by if Pelosi visits Taiwan. Now, this is interesting, too, because, you know, the United States has to basically say, Pelosi, I don't care. You're going, right? Because standing down to that is basically saying that we're no longer a global superpower. But China as well. By saying that, China has put themselves in a pickle because now if Pelosi's plane goes there, they have to do something. And so who knows? You might get a a Chinese warplane shot down or an American warplane shot down which would be a precursor to war. Now, if I was China and I did something stupid like that, if I was China, I'm like, yeah, send in a kamikaze pilot and take out uh, Pelosi's plane, and the Chinese plane gets shot down, it's war. I mean, that's that's war. <laughs> it, that's war at that point, okay? If they go in there and they shoot down an American fighter jet, that's war. So what would be the best option for China to do? Wait for Pelosi to land. And do you remember the leaked audio from Lude Media? Do you remember the leaked audio from Lude Media? Right here, right? This was uh, Jennifer Zhen shared the video on her blog Sunday, along with a translation. It was a 56-minute recording of uh, the first time the top-secret Chinese People Liberation's Army meeting had been recorded and shared with the public since the start of the People's Republic of China in 1949. Uh, the people who released it were basically uh, risking their lives. And, and, and so they said, one official said the mobilization tasks before the invasion include 20 categories and 239 items, mainly 1,358 detachments of various types with a total of 140,000 personnel, 1,953 ships of various types, and 1,653 units set for various unmanned equipment. Other resources include 20 airports, docks, uh, six repair and shipbuilding yards, 14 emergency transfer centers, and resources such as grain depots, hospital, blood stations, oil depots, gas stations, etc. Um, they said that they would do this before November of 2022. They used DF-41 tactical nuclear missiles to take out U.S. naval blockades and U.S. naval military assets within Taiwan. They also said that, that they would modify 640, I think it was about 649 merchant ships into military vessels carrying things like Club K's. What's interesting is a month after this came out, this this recording came out, the Chinese military was running drills and operations in the South South China Sea in contested Japanese waters where they were spotted by the Japanese military and basically turned to turn around. And with them were over 50 merchant fishing vessels. Merchant fishing and shipping vessels, which validates a lot of what this is saying. So if I was China and I said, hey, don't send Nancy Pelosi into Taiwan. And the United States flies Nancy Pelosi into Taiwan. All right. What you do is you wait for Nancy Pelosi to leave. You'll wait for the naval fleet to get out of there when everything's good. And then you attack. That's it. Done. 
Because most likely what's going to happen, they're going to stand down the naval fleets after Pelosi leaves, probably a week after Nancy Pelosi leaves. Um, they'll probably just have one carrier strike force there. Um, Chinese Navy and that positioning against one carrier strike force is going to have the upper edge. Absolutely. Um, with the, the deployment scenario of U.S. naval assets, a um, few days before U.S. naval assets get into that region, if there was an attack directly there, um, in the Taiwanese island, island with U.S. naval assets that are currently there. It would take one to two days for a response time. They know that. Uh, the best way would be long-range bombers, these types of things, and troop movements, uh, Guam, Japan. Uh, but if you're coming out of Sasebo, if you're coming out of, uh, of Japan into Taiwan, that's, what, a three- or four-day trip. So, you know, I'm telling you, prepping for war right now, that, that is very, very high and potentially could happen because we know the globalists want NATO to get involved in Ukraine with Russia. They're utilizing a proxy war right now. We know that Russia, BRICS nations, China are basically formulating their own global regime, which would be a nation state derived new world order. China either way is communist as hell. We don't want them. But yeah, they will decimate a carry battle group. Absolutely. There's there's no that's not even a fight. I mean, it, it's going to be, yeah, it'd be bad. But the question is, is what do they have? You know, I'm talking to JTAC in the, in the chat. Um, and he said they will decimate a carrier battle group. That's correct. But you also have to understand what we have within those regions. We have military buildup in Taiwan. We have Guam. We have Kwajalein. We have Japan. Um, and we have a few other things in those arenas that would give us a fighting chance. And they're there for specifically those reasons in the sense of naval assets and U.S. Air Force af- assets. Um, as well as satellite technology. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I think that China will make a move after this event on Taiwan. Um, and they'll wait for the uh, the amphibious assault group and the carrier group that just entered yesterday to leave and get two days out. Because by the two days out, they can take over the whole island of Taiwan. And there's nothing U.S. naval forces can do by that time. So I think that this is going to unravel very, very soon. And yes, that would be war. Um, If they try to take over Taiwan, it is war. And what does China say? Let her go to Taiwan, but pray for her. Chinese state media sends grim warning to Senator Nancy Pelosi and Red Army release video of missile strikes ahead of trip tomorrow night as Taipei says prepare for war and cancels military leave. So she's going to be there tomorrow. And Chinese Liberation Army posted uh, this, this video right here. Let's go ahead and watch this.
You know, looking at uh, the Chinese military, man, they've made some progress. I mean, everything looks like U.S. military stuff. Like, somehow they've been getting U.S. military technology secrets for like 20 years from the Obama administration or something. I don't know. Yep. But I can tell you that China is not going to let this go. That this will be the beginning. That China is going to either attack Taiwan when Pelosi's there, or shoot her plane out of the sky, or after, very soon. It, it's it, it's going to happen, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, we were, I was actually coming out with a new shirt as I stand with Taiwan, parentheses, too soon. But I guess we don't have to put the too soon in there. I guess it's just going to happen. And the UN came out today. UN warns humanity is one miscalculation away from nuclear annihilation. We have been extraordinarily lucky, lucky so far. And this was Secretary General Antonio Guterres speaking at the MPT conference in New York, talking about nuclear proliferation. And what do we have here? We have updated USS Ronald Reagan, uh, F-35B big deck operating near Taiwan as Pelosi arrives in Singapore. Um, as well, there's an amphibious assault group. This would be uh, the USS Tripoli LHA-7 uh, with Marine F-35 Lightning II Joint Strike Force, uh, Joint Strike Fighters embarked. Um, and, and so the United States really isn't messing around, and they're going to show their military might. And I hope that uh, um, General Austin, the woke General Austin, becomes a military general for one more time. And uh, stick, stands up and does something. And the military leadership actually go and take this threat seriously and really do prepare for ultimate scenarios. And ultimate scenarios is a, a term that we utilize in the sense of how many variations of scenarios can happen if shit goes wrong. Because I think that's where we're heading. <laughs> Stuff's going to happen here. And, and today, look at this. China's threatening all-out war and assault on the United States of America, and U.S. kills al-Qaeda leader Amin al-Zawari. This was, uh, I think, the second or the third-hand man to do uh, to, uh, Osama bin Laden. They killed him with a missile strike, and this has just been confirmed. This is breaking news, just been confirmed. And what happens? Iran comes out and says it will build nuclear warheads and turn New York into hellish ruins. Now, do they mean New York City or New York State? If you're going to turn New York City into hellish ruins, look, man, just wait till the liberal conferences. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, nope. If you, if you want to attack the United States of America, someone else will raise your children, right? Someone else will raise your children. That's really what it comes down to. And so we're seeing World War III come about. And this is, <clears throat> excuse me. This is all a part of the unfolding global conspiracy as we've talked about, Right? Man, I, I just, I don't like being right. I don't like being right. What is it? Told you so. <laughs> right? Like, told you so. Right? I got all these soundboards here. Told you so. I don't like this. I don't like being right. And it, it's not fun being right on these topics. But we must prepare. We must get ready for what is coming. So what was the other part of this? I just, I hate being right. It may be too late to stop monkeypox becoming endemic in the U.S. and Europe. We failed to get on top of monkeypox outbreak. And we have missed a chance to stop the disease becoming endemic and a permanent threat in the U.S. and Europe. We are talking about a disease that is spread through saliva, semen, and bodily fluids. 
how is this thing spreading like this? Unless it is some type of genetically engineered bioweapon. I'm telling you. Um, and, and I don't know what you guys are talking about there, but I don't believe we would lose a war against China. But I do believe we will lose Taiwan. I think that uh, we, we don't have the quick reaction time with our military assets within that region to, uh, to actually respond to a Chinese incursion on Taiwan. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, and that is one of the, the forefronts that China has been pushing um, with their military buildup. If you think about it in the sense of the United States and their military buildup, it's distributed globally. With right now over 110,000 troops in Eastern Europe in defense against the NATO nations. And in the South China Sea and Taiwan and those areas, Asia, uh, in Asia Pacific, uh, South Asia Sea or South Asia Pacific, um, we're strong, but not strong enough to take on China. And with a two to three day, um, you get about um, immediate reaction time of two to three days from surrounding naval assets and then about a week the two weeks from every other naval asset after that uh, to get into the fight. It's over by then. This, this war, Taiwan, the, the siege of Taiwan, which it'll probably be known as the siege of Taiwan, will be over in less than 24 hours. And U.S. will take heavily, heavy losses of any assets that are in that region. It just will. Um, it's going to spark a war, and I don't think China is going to win the war. Um, JTEC says, we will lose a kinetic war with China. It's their backyard, and our military is woke and weak. Um, well, that's the thing, is I don't think we would go into mainland China. I, I think that uh, it's, it wouldn't be a ground war at that point. I think that uh, uh, it would be unconventional warfare by that point. Who knows, though? And you're right. I mean, if we took the fight to China and attacked China in China, oh, we're, we're done. We're not going to win that war. If we did what we did in the Middle East, Afghanistan and Iraq and the China, we lose. You're, you're 100% right. Especially if, when Russia gets involved. It's over. But then you would have NATO, and now you have World War III. So it, it wouldn't stop there because wait, when that happens, Russia is just going to go and, and take over Eastern Europe. Um, we we will win the sea battle though. Um, I I I have one hundred percent faith in the aerial, uh, air superiority, uh, space superiority, and naval superiority. Ground battle? No, absolutely not. But uh, you, you know, China at that point, China is not looking to expand beyond Taiwan. Um, but I think what would happen, honestly, in my opinion, is that China is going to take over Taiwan, and that's going to be it. The U.S. is going to lose some assets. They're going to curl their tail and they're going to run. I, I, I honestly think that's what's going to happen because they're not going to want to uh, expand this fighting into World War III because they know the consequences. And then you have Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and all these other people that are corrupted by the Chinese um, that are in power. So I think that what happens is, is China goes in there, takes out some U.S. military assets, they take over Taiwan, and that's it. I think that you might have Japan have an immediate reaction, but Japan will probably get smacked down as well. By that time, the United States has to do something, and NATO nations would probably start putting um, sanctions on China by that point and maybe try to defeat them through a war of attrition, which would basically create World War II Germany. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't know if we're fucked, but we'll see. Um, I, you know, 
he's got 31 years. I got 10 years. He he does know what he's talking about, but um, I don't think all of our military is completely woke and weak. I agree, most of them are, but most of them are just order takers. I think a lot of the upper brass uh, are political in their nature and have lost the true sight. But I think at the end of the day, we have war fighters that uh, will stand up to the uh, to the mission, and maybe that's just veterans. But do I think China's ever going to come to the United States homeland? I think it's a good possibility. I think if this does turn out to be World War III and some type of kinetic war does happen, especially if the United States sends troops to China, you will see some type of invasion in the United States of America. And that's most likely when you'll see a lot of these sleeper cells of the 18 to 25-year-old males that have been coming over the border from Middle Eastern, uh, Northern African countries that have been trained by the Chinese and the Russians. That's when you'll start seeing them create chaos within our streets. That's when you'll start seeing terrorist attacks in the streets. You'll see tactical nukes going off. You'll start seeing that type of warfare happening. So, but getting back to monkeypox, because guess what? This is biological warfare. This is part of the attack plan. Look at this. Governor Pritzker in Illinois declares monkeypox virus outbreak in Illinois a public health emergency. Okay. New York declares monkeypox state of emergency. You know, I, I've heard this story before. Does anybody remember this? COVID declared national emergency. State emergency declared for COVID. Health emergency declared for COVID. Here we go again, guys. Right before the election. It's coming. And the Biden regime is getting ready to declare a public health emergency due to monkeypox. HHS secretary says concern level is 10 out of 10. Which means that lockdowns and restrictions are coming back. But if they do do this... We fight. No more. I'm done. No restrictions, no lockdowns, no restrictions on travel or food. It's time to stand up as Americans. That's That's the camel that broke, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. All right. And look at this. Monkeypox declared a public health emergency by the WHO. Guys, this is their game. We we know their game plan. We know how they do it right before an election. Just unbelievable. And then what do you have? You have Biden. Still testing possible after rebound COVID-19 case, but continues to feel well, the White House says. <laughs> okay, Biden. You know, if you got monkeypox, I'd probably get concerned. Let's listen to this. Case. You had uh, referred to the physician letter that says no reemergence of symptoms, but you also said lingering symptoms. So help us square that so we understand. Yeah, well, no reoccurring symptoms, uh, meaning like if you look at his original letter, there's nothing, um, uh, there's nothing like the severe, right? Because he feels fine, right? He feels, he feels good. But as we know, when all of us have had COVID, you do have a, a little bit of a lingering cough, right? Okay, I don't know about you guys, but when I had COVID, I didn't have a lingering cough and I didn't really feel good. Which means that Joe Biden doesn't have COVID. Joe Biden is either getting false positives on his PCR test or Joe Biden is trying to duck his tail and run and not address the China situation and hide out while Pelosi potentially gets shot down out of the sky. I don't think Biden is sick with COVID. I think he's just sick. He's sick with dementia. He's sick with as a a pedophile. (laughs) Guys. It's all going to hit at the same time. Boom, 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 boom. This is how it all works, right? 
Unrelenting inflation is driving up costs, leaving Americans living paycheck the paycheck. With no break in sight for rising prices, nearly two-thirds of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, according to a recent report. Top earners say they are stretched thin. Over one month, average savings dropped from 11274 in May to 10757 in June. Inflation is everywhere, even in TV commercials. Bojangles offers $10 worth of gasoline to some customers. Old Navy pledges not to raise prices on children's apparel. What else do we have here? Second quarter GDP comes in at negative 0.9% of U.S. official U.S. officially enters a Biden recession. A Biden recession. Soon, and Edward Lawrence is going to have it. Uh, it is uh, the GDP for the second quarter, and this is the first reading, which will get revised. Edward Lawrence has the number. Yeah, this is a negative number for the second uh, quarter. First reading, 0.9. Recording in progress. It's decreased 0.9%. So then again, the first quarter estimate, final estimate was 1.6% decrease. Now we have a first estimate of the second quarter decrease of 0.9%. So if you look at the common definition of a recession, that is a recession for the first half of this year going back. Now, the Federal Reserve Chairman even said yesterday, you have to take this with a grain of salt. He said it's going to be revised. But you can still look at the trend that is there. Atlanta Fed GDP now said the estimate would be a little worse than this. It came in a little bit better, but again, still a negative number going forward. Now, the decrease in real GDP reflected private sector inventory investment and re uh, residential fixed investment, federal spending, state and local government spending, and non-residential fixed investment that were partly offset with increases from exports and personal consumption expenditures. Uh, imports were subtracted from that calculation there again. So... <laughs> Imports were subtracted from that calculation. They fudged the numbers, people. They fudged the numbers. It was much worse. We are in a recession and heading towards a Great Depression. It, it, it's coming. And, and look at people. So think about this. You remember when the COVID vaccine was coming out? We had Gert Vandenbosch, uh, Vanden one of the head... Uh, immunologist and virologist in the world, the man who ran the Merck vaccination program, who was the head of vaccinology for the German government, worked for Gabby and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This is probably the subject matter expert on immunology in the world. Coming out and talking about the COVID vaccine being a bioweapon. Uh, Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, who is the founder of the mRNA technology, came out and said it's a bioweapon. Uh, we have Dr. Peter McCullough, who is the most published cardiac surgeon on the planet, coming out and saying this thing's a bioweapon. Uh, we have Luke Montagnier, Dr. Luke Montagnier, who was, rest in peace, Dr. Luke, who was a Nobel um, Prize-winning doctor for discovering HIV, coming out and saying it's a bioweapon, right? And nobody listened to these people. Well, we listened to them, but nobody else listened to these people. Oh, they're crackpots. They're just trying to get fame. Oh, they're just off their rocker. These are the subject matter experts in the field saying this. And because a few doctors that hold political positions disagree with them, those doctors are right. Okay. What happens when this starts happening with the economy? Senior economist fact-checked by Facebook for saying the U.S. is in a recession. This is uh, Phil Bagnus, a researcher and educator with the American Institute for Economic Research. 
um, basically came out and uh, talked about how the United States was in a recession uh, and that the White House had changed the definition, okay, and face house, uh, Facebook fact-checked him. PolitiFact, no, the White House didn't change the definition of recession. Yeah, they did. We actually, we actually saw that. And Phil comes out and says, we live in an Orwellian, Orwellian hellscape. Facebook is now fact-checking anyone who questions the White House's word games about the definition of a recession. Now, this is funny, too, because, listen, PolitiFact is, is a defunct organization of the liberal left that Facebook uses. You got 20-year-old interns sniffing their own farts in their mother's basement Basically, <laughs> that's not true. White House didn't do that. <laughs> to a, a, a PhD senior economist who's saying, guys, we're in a recession. Oh, they didn't take that. This society, you know, the thing, there's, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, George Soros is confronted. Did you guys know this? Look at this one. George Soros says it's not his fault. Violent crime is on the rise. Liberal billionaire George Soros rejected accusations that his decade-long effort to install liberal prosecutors has led to crime waves in some America's largest city. Soros acknowledged uh, in a Wall Street Journal op-ed published Sunday that crime was on the rise around the country, but he said it couldn't be attributed to the policies championed by the liberal prosecutors he has invested over $40 million in throughout the past decade to help elect. Some politicians and pundits have tried to blame recent spikes in crime on the policies of reform-minded prosecutors. The researchers I've seen say otherwise. The most rigorous academic study analyzing data across 35 jurisdictions shows no connection between the election of reform-minded prosecutors and local crime rates. Oh, really? Oh, really? Let's see here. Attorney generals coming in, um, you have mayors and governors, and then they release prisoners, violent criminals back on the streets, and then you have an uptick in crime immediately after you have a reduction in the police force and a halving of police budgets throughout that entire state because of a liberal propagated agenda that was funded by multiple different philanthropies and organizations from George Soros. I'm not responsible for this one. Billionaires sometimes have too much power. Remember that. U.S. government CDC colluded with Google, Twitter, Facebook to censor important information about experimental COVID vaccines. Uh, AFL President Stephen Miller. AFL is the America First Legal AFL. They filed a Freedom of Information Act uh, request to investigate unconstitutional acts between the federal government and big tech social media platforms. AFL detained 256 pages of communications between the CDC, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. These pages documents egregious uh, documents egregious violations of the U.S. Constitution provide evidence that the federal government violated the Nuremberg Code. These explosive smoking gun documents obtained as a result of first um, uh, America First Legal's litigation against the Biden administration conclusively demonstrate that big tech has unlawfully colluded with the federal government to silence, censor, and suppress Americans' free speech and violate their First Amendment rights. Government is expressly prohibited from censoring competing or dissenting viewpoints 
or from silencing its political opponents, whether it does so directly or whether it uses outside corporation to achieve its draconian totalitarian ends. AFL will not rest in the fight against illegal collusion between big tech and big government to trample on our voices and your Bill of Rights. Now, we knew this, and this is what the Disinformation Governance Board was all about, was basically the perpetuation of this. They were trying to make it basically a, a, a function under the Department of Homeland Security. Or, sorry, the, the Ministry of Truth. I got to get, get that one right. Now, listen, we have a border crisis. I talk about the 18 to 25-year-old males that are coming over this border, Right. And border cities are now saying, hey, look, we're going to bus all of them to New York City. We're going to bus them to D.C. Now D.C. and and New York City's mayor is saying, hey, look, this is a a crisis. uh, D.C.'s Mayor Bowser is calling in the National Guard to help with the immigration, the illegal immigrants that are coming over from the bus from Texas. New York City Mayor Adams is coming out there saying, we, we, this is going to be a, a city emergency. We can't deal with this. It's affecting our schools and our public health. No shit, Sherlock. That's how it is in the border states. I mean, the hypocrisy of the left is just absolutely absurd. Right? Oh, we can't handle all these illegal immigrants that you're busting into our states. No shit. What do you, how do you think they feel at the border? I just, ugh. Laura Logan strikes again. Biden regime is giving social security numbers to illegal immigrants at the border. There it is, right? Record high inflation. Okay, rather than attempting to stem the tide of illegal immigration coming to our country, which has led the deaths of U.S. citizens and illegal immigrants attempting to cross the border, Biden has openly encouraged it. And now Laura Logan has revealed that the Biden regime is giving illegal immigrants social security numbers as they come in for the country and probably registering them as Democrats as well because it's not necessarily they need them to vote Democrat, but they just need the numbers on the voter rolls. Uh, what else do we have here? We have McKinney Fire prompts state of emergency evacuations in Northern California. Massive fires are burning in California right now. We have a massive heat wave that is still going all over the United States. We have Texas power use to break records again this week as it's scorching hot there. And we have this weather manipulations going on. Why do I say it's weather manipulation? Because you know what? When you look at this more and more, this weather is extreme, incredibly extreme. Kamala Harris says in recent deaths from flooding in Missouri and Kentucky could have been prevented if Congress spent more money to fight climate change. <laughs> yeah, let's spend some more money. That, that's going to that's years. Our nation and many of us have discussed, have lamented, have talked about the threat of climate change. For years, we debated the potential impact that climate change could have on our communities, on our country, and our world. And today, we know the impact if folks weren't clear about it before. Just watch the evening news and see that the time for debate is long past. All right, so we need more money. If we have more money, now we can we can stop climate change. Really? I saw a great TikTok video today. I downloaded it. I was going to play it tonight, but I, I, I don't have it here with me. Um, and the guy was talking to the climate change people, and he was talking to a politician. And the politician was ready to spend billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars to fight carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And he said, 
Miss Politician, can you tell me the percentage of the atmosphere that's carbon dioxide? Crickets. Do I have that one? I wonder if I have crickets. Do I have crickets? All right. Yeah, crickets. You didn't know. And he goes, well, how about this? It's 0.03%. And out of that 0.03%, human beings make up 3% of that 0.03%. Well, Australia makes up 1.3% of that 3%. Which is, we have nothing to do with global warming. If you look at global temperatures over the 500, 1,000 year, 10,000 year cycle, it doesn't show global warming. Actually, let's look at it over a 17-year cycle. No warming in the U.S. for at least 17 years, according to rarely referenced urban heat-free database. There has been no temperature warming for at least 17 years across the United States, according to the results from a rarely referenced data set that was designed to remove all or urban heat distortions. The data set, compiled by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, in the U.S., shows oscillating temperature changes, but very little evidence to indicate a warming trend. In fact... The above graph clearly shows the United States to be cooler in May 2022 compared to May 2005. The information is contained in the latest survey of NOAA's weather stations by the U.S. meteorologist Anthony Watts. The data is compiled from a select group of 114 stations across the country that have been specifically cited away from urban development, called the U.S. Climate Reference Network. The NOAA started it in 2005 and have noted that it was aiming for superior accuracy and cont- continuity in places that land use will not likely impact during the next five decades. Representative pictures of the weather stations, as seen from 2013 science paper, show there is no sign of any urban development. In the latest survey, the U.S. corrupted climate stations, Alan Watts notes the existence of USCRN, adding, it is free from localized heat biases by design, but the data it produces is never mentioned in monthly or yearly climate reports published by the NOAA or public, for public consumption. Which means they're lying to you. <laughs> they're lying to us all. How about another big lie? Inflation Reduction Act. Increased spending and taxes will increase the pressure on the Federal Reserve and keep interest rates low, thus increasing inflation. If Congress was serious about ending inflation, it would cut spending, starting with overseas militarism and corporate welfare. This is Ron Paul, who is talking about this. And so he says here, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act increases government spending. For example, the bill authorizes spending of hundreds of billions of dollars in energy and fighting climate change. Go back to, what's her name? Kami Kamala. We need more money. Now there's a bill out there, the Inflation Fighting Act, because that sounds good for American people when you're trying to perpetuate propaganda to them to get more of their taxpayer dollars of their great-grandchildren in the future to fund whatever pet projects this is. Green energy and climate change. Okay, let's talk about green energy. Did you know that electric car stations, electric car refueling stations are beginning to charge customers. Yep. They're beginning to charge customers for a fill-up. Now, right now, the average cost of a tank of gas for my SUV, which gets 13 miles to the gallon, is approximately $125. Okay? A Tesla, oh, by the way, my Armada will get about 450 miles off that tank of gas. A Tesla, which gets about a range of 300 miles, costs $135 to fill up with electricity. I mean, 
go green, right? And where's that electricity coming from? It's coming from the coal plant down the street. Absolute absurdity of the web. These people are just freaking morons. I got 10 minutes and I got a lot more stories to get through. We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll have to. If if you're on Roku and you're watching this and we have to, we don't finish, dip on over to redpills.tv. Make sure you put your email address in there and and get up to date with everything we're doing. All right. Alzheimer's disease triggered by one-two punch from common virus study reveals. I found this important because I want to show you something here. A startling new study reveals common viruses may trigger the onset of Alzheimer's disease. Research from Tufts University and the University of Oxford say that the varicella zoster virus, VZV, which causes chickenpox and shingles, may activate herpes simplex, HSV, to set into motion the early stages of Alzheimer's. Do you see it? Do you see what I'm talking about here? You ready for this? What's the most common vaccine up until the mid-1980s was a live virus vaccine given to people? Right there. Vaccines cause Alzheimer's disease. Boom. The most common vaccine given in the 1970s and the 1980s was a live virus vaccine, or even a dead virus vaccine, chicken pox and shingles. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, listen to this. More people are catching coronavirus a second time, heightening long COVID risks. Hmm, I wonder what the symptoms of long COVID are. Let's 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 take a look at here. Um, let me see here. Emerging, emerging evidence suggests that catching the coronavirus a second time can heighten long-term health risk, a worrisome development as the circulation of increasingly contagious Omicron subvariants leads to greater numbers of Californians being reinfected. You mean vaccinated Californians? Earlier in the pandemic, it was assumed that getting infected afforded some degree of lasting protection for perhaps a few months. As the coronavirus mutates, though, that's no longer a given, and each individual infection carries a risk not only of acute illness, but of potential development of long COVID. Now, this is interesting, because you remember what Gert Vandenbosch, Luke Montagnier, Robert Malone said. He said, because we have a leaky vaccine, what's going to happen is this virus is going to mutate in vaccinated people and become even more virulent to unvaccinated and vaccinated people. It's going to produce more subvariants that can be even more dangerous. Hmm. All right. According to the preprint study examining U.S. veterans, which Al Ali was the lead offer, getting infected twice or more contributes to additionally additional risks of all-cause mortality, hospitalization, and adverse health outcomes in various organ systems and can additionally worsen risk of diabetes, fatigue, and mental health disorders. Now, listen to this part. Reinfection, reinfection absolutely adds risks, LLE said. The study suggested that, compared with those infected only once, individuals who caught the coronavirus a second time were two and a half times greater risk of developing heart and lung disease and blood clotting issues. I mean, come on! Let, let's just, like, 
okay, we got a lot of people dying of heart issues and blood clotting issues. Let's just tuck that into long COVID and, and hide it over here and make it all a little pretty nice and just blame it on the subvariants. I could have swore someone said this a long time ago. I could have swore there was someone out there that went, told you so. <laughs> I mean, come on. Told you so. We talked about this. I literally said exactly this. And now, millions of Americans have long COVID. Many of them are no longer working. Well, that helps. Uh, you know, she voted for Biden. She voted for Biden. She definitely voted for Biden. Yep. Many of them are not working. Why? Oh, what better way? Because people can no longer do their jobs. Now we have to transition society to an automated society. And people are now on public subsidies and public help and Section 8 housing. See how all this works in ushers in communism? I mean, it's just brilliant how they plan this out. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we can finish. This one's a great one. America's heart health might get much, much worse by 2060. A new study published Monday in the Journal of American College and Cardiology found that rates of cardiovascular disease in the U.S. over the next four decades are on track to spike like your blood pressure after a tri triple cheeseburger. Of course they are. The new projections are based on data from the 2020 U.S. Central Bureau, Bureau combined with heart disease and risk factor data from the U.S. National Health and Nutritional Exam Survey. Among the general population in the U.S., cardiovascular risk factors such as diabetes, hypertension, and obesity are expected to increase dramatically between 2025 and 2060. So what they're doing here is they're setting the narrative for heart problems in the future. I wonder why they're doing that. I mean, you got to wonder, why would, why would they be uh, setting that narrative for heart risk here in the future? I mean, that makes no sense. Unless, well, unless people are going to start dying of heart problems and blood clots and strokes. Uh, I got to say here, Babalu, yes, the Dropbox tailboxes, uh, tailgates. Absolutely, Babalu, 100%. Thank you for the $50 donation there on Rumble, Babalu. I'm going to scroll up here. I want to check out Pilled real quick. We have uh, Castle Drummer gifted a can. Thank you so much, Castle Drummer. A um, whole bunch of people won in the, the scratching. Uh, let the arrest begin. Oh, he uh, uh, gifted a can. Thank you so much. Uh, Maggie May, uh, she won. Dante won. I, I got the cracking happen at the same time people were donating, so my apologies. And scrolling down. Very cool. Thank you guys on Pilled for all those donations. Um, and the other one that we have is DLive. I have to go in the DLive real quick. Sorry, I'm straining here. Um, so I'm allergic to pine trees, I guess, or, or smoking pine trees. And so my eyes are absolutely burning. Um, Deselette, LED, Pammy, um, uh, Patriotic Pisces. That's all I can see right now. I, I'm, I'm not able to scroll up and see it all. But thank you guys all for the donations. Um, you guys are absolutely awesome. Oh, you can give crypto on there now. Ooh, that's kind of cool. I like crypto. All right, what else have we got? Let's go back over here. We got uh, ABV disease. Anything but vaccines is causing people to drop dead everywhere. This is uh, Mike Adams, and he's right. This, this is what we're talking about. Cold showers are now being blamed for heart attacks that are actually caused by COVID vaccines. The reports the Times of India. Uh, Germany is telling the citizens to take more cold showers due to the collapse of energy supplies from Russia. German cities impose cold showers to turn off lights amid Russian gas crisis. 
Listen, this world is in chaos, crazy chaos. What else did we have? We had the first um, vaccine lawsuit, $10.1 million awarded to some healthcare workers. And now we just heard about this today. This is sad. Uh, a one-year-old baby's arm has been amputated after complications because of the vaccinated mother. Sad, man. Sad. But uh, this is biowarfare. And how about this? Your vaccines are made in China, and China doesn't like you. I mean, hello? Your vaccines are made in China, and China don't like you. And the United States was developing genetically targeted bioweapons in Ukraine, Nicaragua, Taiwan, and many other places. And China's been stealing their secrets for decades. Do the math. Is the October surprise the arrest of Donald Trump? Trump's lawyers are preparing legal defenses against criminal charges. According to the internal communications reviewed by the shitty Rolling Stones magazine, Trump's team is quietly planning for criminal charges as they wait for the Justice Department to make its move. And we know that that's most likely going to be the October surprise. Um, in some good news, cities face a crisis as fewer kids enroll in schools shrink. This means more and more kids are being homeschooled. That's good news. Uh, on the Trump thing, uh, that would be the October surprise. And then you have the Red October, which is the, the, uh, the Trump. If they go to arrest Trump, Trump is going to release everything he has. I'm sure of it. The dead man switch. That is going to be the hunt for Red October, I think. And that draws into the red wave November. Um, I think that Donald Trump can tr crush the liberals with just a few emails by releasing some information. Um, what do we got here? I think that's it. Don't forget ReckoningFest.com, guys. If you want to go to that, check out those tickets, ReckoningFest.com. That's about all we have for you tonight. Uh, much love, respect. Thank you for everybody for the donations on uh, Pilled. Uh, Rumble and D-Live. Rumble wins the night tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow night. It'll just be myself unless I can find a guest or someone wants to join me. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, hope you guys have a great night. Don't forget, if you want to help donate to the Red Pill Project in any way, shape, or form, uh, redpills.tv slash go. That's our Give, Send, Go campaign. Redpills.tv slash send crypto. That's uh, if you just want to donate some cryptocurrency. Um, and those two links are in the chats right there. And much appreciated to everybody for all the donations. Um, or you can go on and go get a subscription at socialredpill.com. That's always one of the best ways to go out there and support us. Um, and what else do we have here? I think that's, uh, that's it. Rumble. There we go. Rumble. Much love, guys. God bless you. You guys take care. We're going to see you guys tomorrow night in another episode of the Red Pill Project Daily Dose. And don't forget, tomorrow morning, Dark Delight Show www.ysl1040.com. You can listen to that at 10 a.m. Mountain, noon Eastern. Take care. Good night.